and welcome to tonight's jam-packed edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosard, as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 140 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 37 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. We had championship weekend this past weekend. We'll talk about that. And, yeah, we're, we're moving forward into bowl season here. NFL Draft stuff is heating up. We got the transfer portal going crazy People declaring, going back to school. This is, I don't know, it's, it's starting to feel like draft time, I think, here. There is, uh, I said jam-packed, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, some stuff carryover from last week, um, everything. Uh, we're asking you, if you're watching live on YouTube, uh, drop us a question in the chat. We'll get it at the end of the episode. Uh, if you've got a question about the NFL draft, the college football, the transfer portal, the everything, coaching changes, we will we'll, we'll answer it. Fantasy football, we'll answer it at the end of the show. Uh, if you're not on our Discord channel, we uh, suggest that you go to draftcountdown.com in the search bar at the top. Uh, there's a link there to join the Discord. And if you uh, follow us on Twitter at Draft Countdown, shoot us a question there, and we will answer it at the end of the episode. Shane, let's get right into it. Uh, some movement this week in the top 10 order of the draft. So we'll get right into that. Uh, the Houston Texans, they still suck. They're still at the top. Uh, going back to Davis Mills this week, bold move, Cotton. Uh, one ten and one for the Texans. Chicago, they're at least trying. They just keep losing. Uh, they're steadfast at second. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks now picking third, thanks to the Broncos blowing the game against the Ravens uh, this past Sunday. Uh, Seattle picking third. Detroit picking now fourth uh, with the pick from the Matthew Stafford trade from the Rams. The Eagles move up to fifth thanks to the New Orleans Saints savvy draft day maneuvering last year. Carolina picking sixth, fresh off releasing Baker Mayfield, now with the Rams. Uh, Jacksonville picking seventh. Arizona picking eighth. That has to be a somewhat of a surprise coming into the way they were some expectations for them this season. Uh, the Colts picking ninth. Uh, needless to say, it does not feel like the Jeff Saturday experience is paying off there in Indy there, Shane. And uh, last but not least, to round out the top ten, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, which – and the Falcons are still in, in the playoff fight. I mean, five and eight, they're not out of it in that AFC – in that NFC South. They're so. one game out of the – one game out of the division lead. Yeah. So, it, it, I think – I think – because those traded picks are so high, it does make this draft intriguing from that end. Um, I was talking on Twitter about the Bears, and if you're picking two or three, I, I, I don't think you could trade down. Like, I don't think you could pass on Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, uh, even if, hey, it'd be great to get a ton of picks. It'd be great to spend some offensive lineman capital or receiver capital and help Justin Fields. Like, I think this draft's a four player race at the top, and I, I'm going to be, I think it's hard pressed to pass on those four guys. Uh, our buddy Nino checking in with us. Uh, what's up, Nino? Thanks for watching tonight. Uh, so, yeah, that's the top ten of the draft. Very intriguing stuff. Uh, but while we're on the subject of the draft order, uh, while a playoff team right now, the Tennessee Titans, uh, fired their GM this uh, – was it yesterday? John mm -hmm. Robinson uh, let go by the Titans. Shane, is it more to just uh, – getting blowed up by A.J. Brown last week and the, the fallout from that trade? 
Look, I, I don't think that helps anything, um, but I, I think it's more than that. I mean, I think Mike Vrabel's done such a good job when you look at this roster. Like the roster's not good because they they've blown a lot of these you know a lot of these picks. I mean, you remember a couple years back the Isaiah Wilson first round pick that from from Georgia had all the off the field issues. They took him anyway. He ended up out of the league. Um, I, you know, I, I think there's been some decent stuff, but even a lot of the day two picks that he made were not great. Um, they're they're pressing up against the cap. The AJ Brown deal was looks really bad now to trade him for Traylon Burks, essentially. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just, it's just a culmination of everything. I thought the timing was weird. Like he's not doing anything now, you know, why, why didn't you wait till the end of the season? But uh, outside of that, it was surprising, but I don't think it was, I don't think it was a bad decision per se. Yeah. But it came out of left field. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the 2023 draft here, Shane. A lot of movement. Who's in? Who's out? Uh, be it underclassmen declaring who's going back to school, people entering the transfer portal. All that factors into this. So we'll start quickly uh, with the underclassmen and three potential first-round cornerbacks all uh, entering the draft. Uh We've talked about Cam Smith a fair amount from South Carolina. He is in. Uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon is in. And your man, Shane, who's uh, who seems to be rising up the boards, uh, is Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Uh, and also, speaking of guys that you're very fond of, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, not going to be healthy enough for the playoff game, so he is shutting her down and uh, getting ready for the draft. And Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer uh, today entered the uh, NFL draft. None of these are really surprising, I don't think, but uh, anything jump out to you? No, I don't think it's surprising. I thought maybe one of those corners might go back, right? I think we have a pretty bunched-up class, but uh, I'm excited. that We're going to have a really, really good cornerback class, I think, in this draft. Yeah, start, certainly uh, shaping up that way. Um, and that's not even counting guys like Clark Phillips and uh, those others. Uh, Keely could, Ringo. Yeah, yeah, Keely Ringo, I mean, who hasn't and obviously isn't going to declare until after the playoffs. But uh, we could be looking at maybe five to six corners uh, go in round one. But not, not surprising if that happens. Uh, what was surprising, though, Shane, was a couple of these guys that uh, opted to return to their teams uh, for the 2023 season. Uh, we'll start at the quarterback position, a guy who I thought could have probably worked his way at worst into the second round. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. going back to Washington for another year. Uh, I thought coming off the season he's had there in Seattle, I thought he could have uh, really, and correct me if I'm wrong, with the weakness there after the top two spots at the quarterback position, could have really worked his way up uh, with a, maybe a good week at the Senior Bowl or something like that. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised for sure because I, I think day two was in his wheelhouse. I think that's tough to give up. But you also see the light of round one at the end of the tunnel. Like he wasn't getting up there um, this year. And so that's the chance next year. Now he's going to be a six-year player, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that can be difficult. But Washington, you know, the rumors are – 
the offense is all coming back that Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze, the receivers are both going to come back. And so, you, you, you know, you have that high flying system like Washington might be fairly dominant that could put Penix in round one. Honestly, in my 2024 rankings, I just moved, moved them all over and he's, he's third in the quarterback rankings. He could potentially look at maybe a Hendon hooker type rise next year as a sixth year quarterback prospect that, uh, that the trick I should say the trajectory that Hooker was on before the ACL injury. A uh, couple of wide receivers, one maybe not as surprising going back, Jacob Cowing going back to Arizona. The other, Kayshawn Butte going back to LSU, fairly surprising. Yeah, I was surprised because I look, I, I don't think he's going to be a round one pick because of the two down years, but I do think Keishon Bate was going to kind of George Pickens early second round, mid second round and get some playing time early. Uh, but it makes me interested to see what LSU's what's going to change there uh, next year. Cause I think a lot of Butte's early season issues were, you know, Jane Daniels couldn't throw the football. He got better. But is he still going to be the quarterback? You know, what's LSU going to do? So um, I, I get it. Like, same thing. He, he moved up a spot going to my 24 rankings. He's the, my third receiver. He was my fourth before um, in the 23 rankings. So I think there is a chance to make $10 million. You have a good NIL deal. I, I get it. To say the transfer portal has been a bit wild uh, this week, <laughs> Shane, is an understatement. Was it over? We're, we're over 1,000 players in there in two days. It's, it's crazy. Uh, none more crazy than the quarterback position. Um, I read this and I just I couldn't believe it. Six quarterbacks who started the season as QB one in the ACC are in the portal, or were in the portal, I should say. Devin Leary at NC State, Brennan Armstrong, Virginia, DJ Uyangale. From Clemson, Keaton Slovis, who was at Pitt, Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech, and Phil Jerkovic at BC, who is now at Pitt already. Yep. So six of those quarterbacks uh, that started the season as QB one in the ACC gone from their schools, and probably the biggest shocker of all of them to me, not the ACC. And Nino brought it up here. Uh, Spencer Sanders. Oklahoma State leaving. That was a, a shock to me. I thought he was really good this year. Dra I mean, he dropped a draftable even, and now he's looking for a new home. So a bit weird. And close to home to me, of course, but not shocking at all. A pair of tight ends at South Carolina have entered the portal. Austin Stogner, uh, not good this year at all. Um, got really exposed to me as a, as a limited athlete. And Jaheim Bell not a limited athlete, but a tremendous athlete. But uh, we talked about it on the podcast several times. There was issues there, and you could see this happening. He was either going to the draft or getting out of Columbia. It, it was going to happen either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the right move for him. Go somewhere where they're going to utilize the skill set, and he could be uh, a top tight end. I mean, looking at next year's class, I, I plugged Gene Bell in third in my tight end rankings, just assuming he's going to go somewhere that's going to use him. Um, I, I also think I, I agree with everything you said about the quarterbacks and, and the portal. I also think it's so interesting. We have, we're going to have a lot of G five guys that are transferring up 
Austin Reed, the quarterback from Western Kentucky. We have you know Carson Steele at Ball State. Um, there's a ton of receivers. Dante Cephas from Kent State's getting offers from Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Um, you know, we're, I think we have a ton of these guys that were really good in the G5 move up to the P5, and we and even players that were in F, you know, FCS moving up to FBS to Power Five, like your boy Antoine Wells in South Carolina, who did so well. Um, you know, moving up from James Madison. I think a lot of that's going to impact the Allie Jennings, a lot. another who's who's out. transfer yeah going to transfer up this year. He's transferred yeah. again, so yeah, you know, so it's going it's going to be interesting. I think that's something to look for. Um, you know, potential guys for the twenty four draft that are moving up. Yeah, there's a conversation to be had about that for those those schools. That kind of sucks for those guys, but you know that that's a whole another conversation for another another time. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of on the move, um, there was a lot of movement this week, Shane, in the college football head coaching circles, and obviously none bigger than Colorado hiring primetime. Deion Sanders, the new head coach at the University of Colorado. Yeah, yeah, and I was on Nino's show on CFP Nation this week. We talked about it. I mean, I feel feel bad for the old Colorado staff because they – we're not allowed to take transfers unless they had a certain number of credits and certain GPA. And now Dion comes and it's like, whoever you want, we, we, you know, we got you. We're paying, you know, we're paying the, the Kent state head coach is going to be the, the, the OC. Like you know, <laughs> we're paying mass amounts of money for coaching staff for transfer, whoever you want in NIL deals. I mean, Colorado's going to be one of the better teams in the PAC 12 really quick. And especially when USC and UCLA leave, it's kind of wide open. I don't know if they can out recruit Oregon and Washington, but you know, all these transfers are tagging Deion Sanders on Twitter. Like it's going to be fun to watch at the very least. You have to think that was in the language of the contract before he signed there, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, had to be. Another head coaching job came open because of Deion Sanders at Colorado's. He hired Kent state head coach, Sean Lewis to be his offensive coordinator. I mean, that's wild in itself. I mean, this guy's been rumored or attached to several head coaching openings the last two seasons, and now he's going – I mean, I assume it's definitely going to be a pay raise. Three times, him. three times three, more. Three times the raise, but, you know, less responsibility, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, I guess this also would help elevate him to a, maybe a bigger job. Uh, going forward and Dion was not through there was the rumor today about Mike Zimmer being the DC I don't think that was a thing uh, I think you kind of debunked that but did not happen yeah the, the DC now is Alabama associate defense coordinator Charles Kelly who is if I'm wrong here is considered one of the best recruiters in the nation am I wrong nope that, that's that's basically been his job you know defensive recruiting for Alabama so, so, yeah. That's a good staff. And rumors that Willie Taggart could also be on staff, not substantiated just yet, but that was talked about. You know, and Tim Brewster is already on the staff, correct? A former head coach. Right. And one of the top recruiters in the country. So um, and look, look, I don't know if Dion's a good coach. But doesn't really matter. Great, if you have a great staff <laughs> and great recruiting – you're good, right? I mean, like that's that's where you be the figurehead and let them do the job. That's gonna be yeah. gonna be good. He takes the heat and the glory, I guess, in this case. But you know, it's it's 
it's fun to watch. And we haven't talked about Colorado football on this podcast this much combined in our existence <laughs> here. So that's, that's a fair point. That's good on them. Uh, quickly, uh, South Florida hires a uh, Golish, the offense coordinator of Tennessee, as their new head coach. Uh, Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell now at Liberty, uh, where he got a substantial raise. Uh, he was quickly replaced by Tim Beck, the NC State offensive coordinator. Uh, here's one close to home for you, though. Tulsa, Kevin Wilson, uh, Ohio State co-offensive coordinator. Is that right? Co-offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, now the head coach at Tulsa, former head coach at Indiana. Is that right? Correct. Uh Let's see, JG Kenny or GJ Kenny. We talked about him last week as a potential hire at Tulsa. Now the head coach at Texas State. That, that's uh, going to be exciting. Yes, because uh, his offense at Incarnate Word has been very good the last two it's, seasons. It's funny their top receiver Ashton Hawkins was went in the transfer portal once that hire happened. He went back to Texas State. Well, funny how that worked out. <laughs> um, UNLV, interesting hire, former Missouri coach and Arkansas defense coordinator Barry Odom uh, gets another crack at it. Uh, this one went down – well, first we got to start with Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield leaves to become the head coach of Cincinnati to replace Luke Fickle. The most interesting thing there is, and we're going to talk about that bowl game later in the show when we have the bowl draft, is Cincinnati and Louisville are playing each other in the Fenway Bowl. As soon as this happens, everybody knew who the head coach of Louisville was going to be. This this was almost a foregone conclusion. Jeff Brom comes back home, leaves Purdue after leading them to the Big Ten West uh, Division title. Uh, he's now the head coach again. He's now the head coach at Louisville, where he was a stud quarterback many moons ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting how these things get shuffled around because you know I don't think Purdue's a bad job. I think on paper, uh, Louisville, you know, Louisville definitely has the recruiting budget and uh, more of the budget. But um, I, I think Purdue's an intriguing opening. You have some talent there and can draw. Yeah, I can't believe that Satterfield going to Cincinnati and they're playing each other in the bowl games. So we'll, we'll see who drafts uh, the Scott Satterfield Bowl. FAU's coach was Willie Taggart. I think that we were talking about that with Colorado. Yeah. But their job is still open uh, as far as I know FAU is. Uh, also st- open – now is North Texas, who's playing in a bowl game, but fires Seth Luttrell anyway. So, okay. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Austin Austin Owen uh, declared for the draft, so the the eleventh year quarterback. Oh, uh, we won't get a twelfth year from Austin. No, I, by I, the way, I was hoping. Uh, I wrote in my column this week about Austin Owen, and uh, he ain't it, Shane. Oh uh, man, let, is that why he's last in my quarterback rankings? Yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, from Austin Noon and never speak his name on this podcast again. Um, so yeah, that's that's is any did we miss anything in the college football head coaching uh news here? No, not, not nothing huge. I think I think that's pretty good. All right, so that brings us to our next segment here and 19 more names this week, Shane. Uh, heading to Mobile. And you remember last year when even up to the first day of practice, we had no idea who were, who was going to be uh, snapping the football uh, yeah. in senior world practice. We don't have that problem this year, Shane. 
I, we don't have that problem. We already had three uh, centers in in the game with Jarrett Patterson, Alex Forsyth, and Steve Avila from TCU. Uh, we added two more, and one that could contend for the top center spot is Minnesota's John Michael Schmitz, and he is joined by uh, Virginia transfer to Michigan this year, Olu Olu Watimi. Uh, Michigan uh, from Michigan there. Uh, both both these guys, six-year players, both good, really good centers. Yeah, I mean, John Michael Schmitz, I think his, like, pro football focus grade was 20 points higher than the next set. Like, a ridiculous grade this year. Played really well as a six-year player for Minnesota. He has a shot to be a top 50 pick. Um, Timi, I thought, played really well. You know, um, you know, I wonder what, what that athleticism is. So you'll get to see that down there. Yeah, he he strikes me as the kind of guy, one of those guys that uh, centers get drafted like in the fourth round, and ends up starting soon as a as a potential. Uh, while we're on the subject of interior offensive line, uh, the senior role added three guards this week, including I think we can agree here the top two. Yeah, uh, and I, I said it when it was announced. I think when the, my final rankings come out potentially after the senior bowl and everything, Osiris Torrance from Florida could end up being the third best overall offensive lineman for me, I think, in this class. I think he's going to grade out that high for me. And uh, Andrew Voorhees, I know you've always you've been a huge fan of him the last couple seasons from Southern Cal. And not to be slighted, but not as high as ranked as these guys, Emil Akior from Alabama uh, going to be down here as well. Yeah, you know, I think three very different players. I mean, Torrance moved from Louisiana Lafayette up with – um, with with the head coach to Florida, and you know he's been dominant. Uh, Voorhees is kind of big, bodied, you know, mover. He he was a big part of the run game there. Southern Cal, Travis Dye playing so well, and Ekior is just like Mister Consistent. Like uh, he doesn't make many mistakes, but isn't overwhelming. Um, but the three guys that I don't know could be could be top one hundred picks. Um, the interior of the defensive line got. Uh, an injection of juice this week. Five of those players. Um, we've talked about Tyler Lacey from Oklahoma State a lot. I, I, I love his game. And I really uh, – I think him and like, – we talked about Zach Pickens last week. I think those two guys are going to have a chance to really wow in those one-on-ones uh, when we get down here. But uh, Rook Horo uh, from Clemson. Uh, accepted, uh, Jalen Redman from Oklahoma, and a pair of Alabama Crimson Tide uh, defensive linemen, Byron Young and DJ Dale, both here. Shane, uh, anything stick out from those four other than Tyler Lacey? Yeah, I, mean, I think Tyler Tyler Lacey is the best. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the three, three others, you know, the, the Bama guys and then Orohoru from Clemson, I None of them super impressed me. Like Byron Young's probably the best of that group, but he's on the small side and get pushed around. So I, I was a little surprised by some of the interior defensive linemen. I think as a whole for the senior bowl, maybe I'm off in my evaluation. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think there's some better fourth and fifth year players out there. Time will tell on that, but uh, I, I am in agreements, agreeance with you on that statement. A uh, couple of, handful of edge rushers here. Uh, I think we anticipated Derek Hall from Auburn was uh, going to get the call. He's had his invite for a little while now. Uh, finally sent that, sent it back. Uh, FedEx was slow on him 
uh, for that. Uh, Hall has had impressive moments at Auburn. Um, KJ Henry from Clemson, a uh, guy who was all world coming in, uh, but hasn't really, I don't know that he's put together consistency enough to be a top 100 type player. And DJ Johnson uh, from Oregon, a little undersized, probably going to play, might play some stand up linebacker at Senior Bowl. Uh, KJ Henry's had a good, he's had some games this year. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think he's just outside. Derek Hall's the one. I think if you want to say one of those three gets in the top 100, I think he would be the guy. Um, two linebackers coming in this week. Uh, Ventrell Miller, been a highly productive player for Florida in his career. And another Byron Young, uh, this one from Tennessee. Yeah, you know, Ventrell Miller, I think he's a rock solid, you know, potential weak side linebacker stud. And Byron Young for Tennessee, I mean, he's big and rangy. Uh, he kind of let some of the other Jeremy Banks do the 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 fun work and Byron Young's doing the dirty work. So two Byron Youngs probably on the same team there. Probably Mobile. on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh joining them on that same team uh will be a safety Jay Ward from LSU. Uh probably not that highly thought of, I think, with us. Probably a day three guy. Yeah, I have him at 13 right now, but uh, you know, I th- probably a day three guy. But I think he could bump up with good workouts. He's on the lighter side, definitely more of a, a ball hawk player. Senior book's going to be a good opportunity, I think, for him because I think he matches up with some of these other safeties pretty well. I thought there were better tight ends uh, than the guy who accepted today. Maybe you can talk me into uh, Davis Allen from Clemson. Uh, they used him a lot this year. I mean, he, he's just tall. He, you know, he kind of is that red zone target in Clemson. He's kind of the check down guy for DJU. I agree with you. I thought there were – I definitely have a lot of guys, you know, higher than him and might still end up going. Um, so I, I see kind of a late day three guy for Davis Allen. I mean, based off of what I think the numbers will be, we've probably still got four more uh, to come at some point. Uh, two wide receivers uh, in this week, Trey Palmer. Uh Probably going to be one of the faster guys, one of the faster guys down here uh, <laughs> this week. The fastest guy down here, also probably going to that uh, that'll be down here this week, also accepted, and that's uh, Tank Dell. The uh, diminutive is that a good adjective to use <laughs> that's good. for Dell? Five ten, one fifty five. I can't wait to see the weigh in number on this guy. Yeah, it's got to be higher than 155, right? I mean, Let's it's got to be. Let's it's got to be. But, I mean, he's got to run four twos easily yeah. at the combine. And and we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with wide receivers. What's the key? At senior bowl wide receivers. Special, uh, special teams. teams. Oh, and man, you yeah. got it both. Tank, tank with, both of them with the, the, <laughs> these two guys. Uh, Dale, my God, one of the best return men in the country and – you know, Trey Palmer, I think, has Gunner written all over him. Yeah, I mean, I think Trey Palmer could sneak into the third round. Uh, he super productive this year, great transfer, and Nebraska's offense was not – it was him. I mean, he, it was him, and he was doing it. So, I, I really like Trey Palmer. I'm glad he's going. Yeah. So, uh, and at last but not least this week, Shane, on the Senior Bowl is the quarterback position. We got our third – Accept an invite, we think, of six. Um, and it's Jake Hayner 
Fresno State. Um, can he make noise? Can he move up higher than early day three? I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if he goes day two. I'd be pretty surprised. Just there's, there's not much upside, I think. Uh, and I think Jim Nagy tweeted this out. You know, Jay Kaner could be a guy that lasts forever in the NFL and outlasts people drafted ahead of him, but never a starter, right? You know, that's right. he's accurate. He's, he's a great fill-in. Um, but I, I just don't think Jay Kaner's a starter, and you just can't take that in day two. Yeah, so that's uh... – so that's it on that, the uh, Senior Bowl this week. Shane, quickly, uh, we both watched six games last week, so we'll quickly look at who was the best offensive and defensive players we watched in Week 14 as we put a bow on the regular season of college football. Uh, for me, it was in the Conference USA Championship game, and a guy I think could end up as one of these receivers at Senior Bowl that hasn't been announced yet, uh, that's UTSA wide receiver Zachary Franklin. Uh, good big body receiver, good route runner. Uh, caught 10 balls for 144 yards and three touchdowns in their route of uh, North Texas in that CUSA win. Well, look, I, I'm going to talk Division Two because uh, I, I got to catch it. It was actually on local TV, so it was kind of fun. I got to see Shepard play IUP um, in the University of Pennsylvania. And, and Tyson Badgett, the quarterback, I mean, wowed me it was he, he broke the record for most career touchdowns in college football history in this game and yeah i mean what's impressive 231 yards four touchdowns he was moving around the pocket ball every single ball was where it's supposed to be um and with the guys going back to school he's moved up to my qb5 in this class uh i think round three is probably for a d2 quarterback's a little high but you know early round four i think you take a shot um and, and i gotta give a Credit to Joey Fisher, the offensive tackle. Dominant game from him. I mean, I really think he's an NFL draft pick as well. So I think we could see two Shepard players go in this draft. Uh, Fisher, I believe, is currently at the Hula Bowl. I believe that's where he's at at the moment. Uh, Shepard, um, uh, Badgen, of course, is one of the three quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl right now. Um, I was hoping they were going to play uh, University of West Florida this week in the semifinals, but I was unaware – that D2 uh, recedes when oh. they get to the semifinals. So Shepard is playing somebody who I can't remember. And uh, UWF is playing Ferris State. Which has so, a couple prospects for Ferris which State. they do. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to gamble and not watch either game this week. And hope <laughs> they both win. They both win. I love it. And then uh, I will watch the D2 championship game yeah. the following weekend if that does happen. Uh, defensively for me, uh, I'm going to go to the Big 12 championship game and another guy who's going to be at the Senior Bowl. I was really impressed with the work that Julius Brents put in, the corner for Kansas State this week. I thought when he was locked up, Quentin Johnson in certain situations, not all situations, but certain situations, he handled himself well. He had three tackles in the game, had an interception. He forced a fumble and broke up another pass. thought he uh, – 6'2 corner, very long arms. Handle, like I said, handled Quentin Johnson uh, well enough, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's that was a great matchup, and so seeing that success uh, is interesting. You know, for me, I, I guess it's it's kind of an easy one. But I mean, Jalen Carter, the D line from Georgia. I, if if you haven't didn't watch the game against LSU, he literally just picked picked Jaden Daniels up with one arm and and put a, a finger up to sack him. Like he just held the guy in the air 
and just held him there until Ford Progress was stopped enough to blow the whistle. It was wild. I mean, I know the stat line isn't there, but I, I, I would I would have voted Janet Carter like third on my Heisman ballot if uh, if I had a Heisman vote. I mean, he's he, I think he's been that good, even though he hasn't gotten the sacks or the tackle for loss this year. Um, he, I think he's competing with Will Anderson. I, it's getting closer for me for that top spot in my rankings. I do have a Nagurski vote, and I did vote for Jalen Carter uh, to win that, but yeah, alas, that went to Will Anderson. Okay. Right. Um, all right, Shane. We've been picking games all year, and the results are in. And the results say ah. that I was I was the champion of Lock of the Week this year with a nine five and one record. And Shane, you five hundred, a little over five hundred, I guess, if you count the half win. Yeah, five. I mean, that's five hundred. You push. That's five hundred. Yeah, five hundred. So, so by virtue of that, Shane, that means I get the number one pick in this year's bowl game draft. There we go. Now, what bowl game draft. We'll quickly explain it to maybe the new listeners uh, who didn't watch the or listen to the bowl game draft last year. We basically um, assign one or two games pre based on rooting interests. We'll get to that in a second. And in the remaining bowl games, we'll do a fantasy football-style snake draft where I will pick first. So I get my choice of what bowl game. These are the bowl games that we're going to watch for our write-ups and uh, stuff of that nature uh, going forward for the next few weeks during bowl season. So I will get to make my selection first. Then Shane will get to pick second and third. Then I'll fourth and fifth, so on, until we get through the 38 remaining bowls. There are 42 total bowl games this year. Uh, we're going to draft 38 of them. Uh, I will be taking the Gator Bowl off the top because South Carolina is playing in it. Obviously, that's who I root for, so I was going to watch that anyway. They're playing Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. I will have that. I'll also be covering for Draft Countdown Live uh, the Lending Tree Bowl uh, between Southern Miss and Rice. I'll be there in person uh, a week from this Saturday on the 17th. So I will take that one, obviously. Uh, Shane, as an Ohio State graduate, uh, will be watching his Buckeyes against Georgia and probably the best draft matchup of any uh, of them also. But So Shane locks into that one and gets <laughs> the Ohio State-Georgia Fiesta Bowl. And because I'm so generous and I'm already taking the Lending Tree Bowl, uh, Shane was assigned the Bahamas Bowl between Miami <laughs> and UAB. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's very generous with that that matchup. So very, very kind. I thought so. I thought I was being very generous with that uh, with that assignment. So, with that being said, let's kick off the bowl game draft. And I have the number one pick. And Shane, you talked me into it. I had talked myself out of it. I said I didn't want it, but now I'm going to take it. Oh, uh, okay. Will, with the number one pick of the bowl game draft, I will take the Fiesta Bowl matchup between Michigan. And TCU, I will take that game. Look, I, I I was I was ready to take both uh both playoff matchups here. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, interesting. Um, so so I get the next two picks then. Um, so I, it's tough because I th- there's a lot of there's a lot of good matchups. Like the, my next four, I want, uh, which makes it tough. But I, I think I'm going to go with the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go with Tulane against USC. I want to see Dorian Williams, linebacker from Tulane, go 
go up against Caleb Williams running the football. I think it's going to be a good assessment for both those teams. Um, and I think it's just going to be a fun game, to be honest with you, even if it's not the best draft matchup. Uh, that was number two on my board. Was that okay? Okay, that was the one you're going to take, take instead. Um, you know what? I, I think the next one I'm – I'm, I'm going to reach down the list a little bit and I'm going to go with the Alamo bowl, Ooh. Texas against Washington. I, I just think this is going to be a spectacular game. You know, Michael Penix coming back and playing against Quinn Ewers, Bijan Robinson. You have all the Texas defenders going up against that Washington high flying offense. I think it's going to be a good assessment for tw- not only 23 drafts, but the 2024 draft. Um, so, so maybe, maybe, maybe a little reach, but I feel good about some of my other ones I want. So I, I, I like that. I had that eighth on my board, um, but I, I do like that. So with my next two picks here, I feel like I have to go with one of the higher r- leftover draft matchups here, and that's the Rose Bowl between Penn State and Utah. I think that game uh, intriguing. I think Utah's going to win, but I think that that matchup probably has – maybe the totality of draft prospects in it more so than maybe any other game left, maybe not every other game left. And I was torn here and I'm going to gamble as I think I can get this game later. So I'm going to pass and I'm going to go to what I had. Number five on my board is the holiday bowl between North Carolina and Oregon. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Although, you know, it seems North Carolina is the last last one out the door. Turn off the lights right now, uh, with Storm Duck and Tony Grimes, both of their corners leaving. Uh, if Bo Nix decides to play in this game, he may light it up. But Drake May may light it up on the other side with those two good receivers. So it should be fun to watch. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That was that was I, I was ready to take that one too. I think like Texas Washington, I think that both those games are just going to be fun. Um, the, look, I'll, I'll take the obvious. I'll take the Sugar Bowl. I'll take Alabama, Kansas State. Um, see Julius Brents go up against some of those Bama receivers. Alabama had a, had a surprising number of transfers these past few days, which is interesting. So I don't know. We'll see how see how this goes. I think Kansas State What's, can keep it close. What I think the interesting thing is is will we see Bryce Young? Will we see Will Anderson playing? Alabama hasn't been in a position where they've had to worry about these pre yeah. opt outs. So that that to me is interesting. I don't expect any of the Kansas State guys to opt out. The only one that would would be Anaduke Azuma, and I yeah, don't think he. I don't, he, I don't know he that he will. And then I'm going to take another fun one, and that's the Cheez It Bowl. I'm going to take Florida State against Oklahoma. I, I think that's the the only other one that I'm like I want to see this. I want to see, you know, Jordan Travis. He's coming back uh, to Florida State for another year. Uh, potentially Dylan Gabriel was as well. And, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of draft prospects in this game, I think, that will play and try to compete. So the gamble, fa- the gamble did not. Oh, that was, that's what you that was it. Was that was it. Oh. oh, look at that. Bummer. That's a bummer. So I am going to maybe go off the beaten path a little bit. Maybe not one that's riddled with the draft prospects here. But there's a lot of them are going to be at the Senior Bowl, and I'm anxious to see if they're going to play in it, play in this bowl game. And that's the ReliaQuest Bowl, formerly the Outback Bowl between Illinois and Mississippi State. I think I'm going to go with that one, Shane, here. Mm. 
And I'm going to come back with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Ooh, yeah. Maryland and NC State intrigues me a little bit. I want to see that one. That's good. That's good. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I'll take the last New Year's Day, but I'll take the Orange Bowl, begrudgingly take Clemson against Tennessee. I, I feel like we'll get some of the Tennessee defenders, maybe the receivers. Um, obviously, Hendon Hooker's hurt. Clemson, I, I, you know, kind of a mess. I don't know who's going to be playing in that game in this game, but if they're for if Hendon Hooker is playing, this, this would be a great game. Uh, but it just feel, doesn't feel as good with Joe Milton at quarterback. Um, the next one is tough. I I think I'm going to go with like recent stuff's kind of changed my board even from my, when I made it yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Texas Bowl. I'm going to go Mississippi against Texas Tech. Uh, once again, not, not the, maybe not the best draft prospect game here, but um, Mississippi's offense and run game and Texas Tech's passing game I think will be kind of fun. We'll see uh, a couple. If I don't think Ty, you know, Tyree Wilson's hurt, like a lot of the draft guys are out, but I'm in. Uh, I'm going to come back with the, uh, the Citrus Bowl. LSU and Purdue, I think, is a, a maybe. I Jaden Daniels is he going to play in it? I don't know. I, is Aiden O'Connell going to play in it? I don't know. Uh, if they do, could be fun. Charlie Jones uh, against some of those corners for LSU we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for funsies here, I'm going to go with the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl with my <laughs> next choice. Uh, Fresno State and Washington State. Check that one out. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm a. I assume Hayner's going to play. Yeah, I think so. Jordan maybe is. Dayon Henley uh, plays. Maybe you might have a seventy to seventy-one game right there. I, I do like those. <laughs> I do like those. Uh, I'm going to go local. I'm going to go Sun Bowl for Pitt against UCLA. Watch the Pitt Panthers, and the only time uh, their quarterback starts is in the bowl game, and then he just gets benched as the third-string quarterback So every year. And you know, I'm going to go with the Cure Bowl, Troy against UTSA. I think it's one of my favorite G5 matchups. Uh, Troy, tough. I like Jake Andrews, their center. You just talked about Sakari Franklin, Frank Harris coming back. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be – we'll see how, how UTSA does in this one. Okay, I'm going to skip some of what I had on my board here because now I, I just want to ensure that I get to watch this game. All right. The Fenway Bowl between Cincinnati and Louisville. I I, I, <laughs> I just want to see the Scott could, Satterfield Bowl. Right I here. could care less about the prospects in this game, although I think there will be some in it to watch. I just I, – I, I, I want to see it. Uh, th- th- this game is just funny. It's supposed to have been played the last two years. It got COVID canceled last year and then or two years ago and then last year both teams just opted out or whatever (laughs) and they just so they canceled it just hilarious to me uh this is the first time it's actually gonna happen um you know what let me let's get a start on the 2024 draft potentially and so give me the military bowl between duke and ucf let me watch some more riley leonard from duke (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
I was like, which 2024 player is still still on the top here? <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, now that was a good, that was a good one. I was definitely considering the military bowl. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Liberty Bowl. Let's get Arkansas against Kansas. Uh, KJ Jefferson's coming back, so we should play in this game. Um, that's that's at least exciting. Kansas, Jaden Daniel. Uh, we'll you know see what um, uh, if you know who plays in that one. And then I, I'm going I'll go. Uh, this might be ugly, but I'm gonna go Music City Bowl, Iowa against Kentucky. Um, like some good Iowa defensive players, Lucas Van Ness and Kayvon Merriweather. Uh, you know, uh, it, it is. I do like defensive football sometimes. It can be fun. No Will Levis. We'll see what Kentucky does. Um, I'm going to come back with the pinstripe bowl. Maybe I just like watching bowl games in baseball stadiums. I don't know. I guess. But so. uh, maybe Syracuse, maybe Sean Tucker's plays Syracuse. I don't know. It sounds fun. We'll, we'll watch that one. P- and PJ Fleck, uh, Minnesota coach, signed through 2029 today. So row the boat. Row the boat. Keep keep rowing that boat. And you know what? The last two time, last time these two teams, and this is, I think this game probably happened before you were born. And it, <laughs> I only saw it on ESPN Classic. The last time these two teams played in a bowl game was this classic Holiday Bowl where BYU scored like twenty one points in the last you know, 10 seconds or something to win. But the New Mexico Bowl between BYU and SMU, I'm going to take that one. Yeah, that, that one's definitely on my list. That's a good one. Um, you know, let, let, let me grab a team from your backyard. I'm going to take the New Orleans Bowl, South Alabama against Western Kentucky. I haven't watched a lot, a lot of South Alabama this year, um, so I need to watch some more. This game would have been higher on my board had Austin Reed not entered the portal. Yeah, yeah. Western Kentucky, you know, the offense is still going to run fine. And then um, I'll take the Las Vegas Bowl. I just want to see what Florida looks like. You know, no Anthony Richardson. They're playing Oregon State, who has some nice young talent. Uh, their chance no one's transferring. So both quarterbacks aren't going to play in this one. But that's some fun prospects. I haven't watched a whole lot of uh, Wisconsin this year. And you know what? Just to complete the triumvirate of bowl games played in baseball stadiums, <laughs> I will take the guaranteed rate bowl that I I believe they still play in the Diamondback Stadium. Uh, you're right. So give me that one. How about that? And uh, the last time I tried to watch Air Force and to see their tight end, he didn't play. I don't know if he's still hurt or what. I don't know. But I'll take that chance. I'll watch the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, between Air Force and Baylor. That's good. I'll, I'm going to take the Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina against ECU, um, even though definitely in flux for Coastal Carolina. I think it'll be a fun matchup. And then give me uh, give me the Gasparilla Bowl. Let's go Missouri against Wake Forest, just because Gasparilla is fun to say. We pick bowl games for less. Yeah, we, we definitely have. Um, I haven't watched Middle Tennessee State this year. And, you know, what else am I going to do on Christmas Eve, right? It's not like I have a <laughs> kid or anything, you know. Never. So uh, give me Middle Tennessee State and San Diego State in the Hawaii Bowl. And um, just for the fun of it, 
I will go with the Independence Bowl between Houston and Louisiana. Mm, yeah, I like it. Um, we're, we're in the hot. We're in yeah, the hot, we're, hot. We're in the the stuff now, Shane. The good yeah, we're, we're we're getting in deep here. Um, I'll take the first responder bowl, Memphis against Utah State. I, I do like some of Memphis's defensive talent, but it feels like scraping the bottom here. Um. Oh man, it's it's getting ugly. Uh. Let's go with the Frisco Bowl. Let's go Boise State against North Texas, despite them firing their coach. I don't I don't know how that's gonna go. Despite writing a column about the Sun Belt uh, all season long, I don't know that I watched Georgia Southern play. <laughs> wow, that's 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 what a slap in the face. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, gi- so give me the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, wow. a game I have covered in person before, uh, regrettably. <laughs> but uh, give me the uh, that game between Georgia Southern and Buffalo. And you know what? Give me the Potato Bowl between Eastern Michigan and San Jose State. The Potato Bowl. Uh, I'll take the Boca Raton Bowl. Liberty against Toledo and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Marshall against UConn. Oh, I did the math wrong. I know. This has gone (laughs) poorly for me. So So I will take the quick lane bowl between New Mexico State and Bowling Green and the celebration bowl. If there's anybody left on Jackson State, I don't know what what <laughs> between now and then. I, I almost surely think Shadir Sanders will not be there, and the corner and all that that they signed. Anyway, Jackson State, North Carolina Central in that game. I'll take that. Which leaves Shane with the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl between Ohio and Wyoming. Good luck with that, Shane. Oh my! Can can I just throw that one in the trash? Can we just yeah? I was going just to toss so. it out. I'll just pretend like I watched it. There you go. That's what um, I did last year. Barstool video. Like, why? Why is there a bowl game that's not even on TV? What is this? I thought that was the whole point of bowl games was to be on TV. Yeah, right. I don't know. So, I don't get it. like, like ESPN literally just made up a game last year. Yeah. If you recall, just because they had extra bowl eligible teams, so they made up a game sure. called the Frisco Football Classic, just to put two teams in. I guess it wasn't two classics; it was the only one. So, yeah, it didn't get a it didn't get a second year. No. Um, so yeah, that was the bowl game draft, Shane. Yeah, I can't wait. While you're watching Notre Dame, South Carolina, I have to be searching for Barstool Video to find Ohio and Wyoming. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. No, that's right. And and Nathan Rourke's not even going to play. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so, so, pick pick better games next year, Shane. Yeah, I got, I got to do better my locks. All right, let's get to the questions here. Uh, we've got a couple in chat. Nino uh, has been just bombing us questions here in the chat. So uh, let's start with one, and this is all you, Shane, because I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah, it, don't get Brian the recruiting questions. Peyton Bowen's a five-star safety. If I'm a five-star safety, I'm going to Notre Dame, right? I mean, that that's where you go if you're a safety. I think that's where he goes. 
Well, if we're going to talk recruiting questions, where does Nicholas Harbor go, the five-star tight end? Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, he's he's from uh, Archbishop Carroll, right? Yeah. So I, I I I guess he's going South Carolina, right? I mean, that's we'll they do have a uh, they do have an opening next year at tight end. They do, out. and and we know they know how to use their tight ends so well. So, Shane, where do you have Shadur Sanders in your twenty twenty four QB rankings? Yeah, I, I just re- kind of redid him today. He's up to QB eight for me. I think he's close with JJ McCarthy. But now going to Colorado, I feel like we're gonna see if he's legit. So, um, yeah, Shadur Sanders just under KJ Jefferson for me. Uh, best or best spot for Jaheim Bell. Yeah, I mean, you you had some thoughts on this on where you thought he might end up. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, at this point, I'm not ruling out Colorado as a spot for anybody <laughs> to uh, end up as a transfer to. Uh, but I mean, there's there there could be some smoke there. Um, I don't I don't know who else recruited him out of high school. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the list. I don't think any coach is still coaching. Like, where, well, there you go. So um, I mean, it, you could have to. Ole Miss, up, Ole Miss might be the only one. Mississippi might be the only one. But I mean, you could say that, but there could be an assistant coach somewhere that, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm with you though. I do hope that it's somewhere that maximizes his talent and skill level and lets us see who he could be um, next year. I, I say don't roll out Georgia. I, I mean, I think you know, pair, pair him with Brock Bowers and I don't it gets that. very interesting. I, I don't want him dogging us. <laughs> Shane, that wouldn't be cool. That's not cool. Oh, uh, look. You know, let's be cool here, Shane. <laughs> uh, let's go to Twitter. Uh, one question there from at infield. Jeffrey asks, uh, the Vikings most likely going to be picking late in round one. Is there a defensive player they might target? They could use a young pass rusher or secondary help. Yeah, I mean, I, I think pass rusher, I think there's some opportunity. You could see a guy like Jared Verse from Florida State. I think it would be a really good fit in their defense. Um, you know, potentially maybe a Tyree Wilson falls that far. But they do like some of those kind of big, versatile guys. But I, I really think corner is a, a, a strong possibility, right? You know, Clark Phillips. Yeah, Clark Phillips, Emmanuel Forbes, you know, maybe – Joey Porter, Cam Smith fall, you know, Brian Branch from Alabama. I just think there's a lot of versatility where the Vikings are picking, probably going to pick late in the playoffs, um, the corner position. They were a lot easier to figure out who they were going to draft when Mike Zimmer was head coach. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he had types. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could definitely, uh, you definitely had an idea of who or who they weren't going to draft. Uh, let's go to the discord, Shane, where we've got a couple um, and then I have just a few notes or questions that I wrote down that I thought we could we could discuss quickly. Uh, Sam asked on the Discord, uh, LSU should be trending towards Garrett Nussmeyer at quarterback for next season. So should Dan- Jaden Daniels risk reduced playing time fighting for his place in his final season or leap into the draft or portal out? 
It's it's tough. Like I I am of the thought with Keishawn Butte going back that like Jaden Daniels can't be the quarterback, and he has to know it. Like whether it's Deuce Meyer, Walker Howard, their high four star recruit, um, that was true for uh, true freshman this year got the red shirt. You know, I think you want that passer. To me, yeah, I don't think Jaden Daniels going to the NFL is good for him. Like maybe he gets drafted day three, but. You know, what are you really going to do? I, I think you – I'd almost say if you're J.D., transfer down. Like, go down and dominate. He could dominate at the G5 level. You could be a dominant quarterback. Show go to Southern there. Miss. Yeah. 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 Like, like, I'm serious. Like that. They need a damn quarterback. That That is – and Brownlee could go back maybe, and then you have a couple other solid receivers there with Frank Gore. At running back, I mean, they 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 were a quarterback away from winning eight or nine games this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's going to heat. It's one of the most interesting situations. It's going to be that quarterback situation at LSU um, because it could go. It could be Daniels. It could be Newspire. It could be a transfer. You know, it, it could be anything next year. Um, Darren Johnson asked in the Discord. Uh, who do you think will be the biggest surprise running back draft pick, either player getting drafted higher or player getting drafted lower than expected? Yeah, uh, um, This feels like a Debbie question. <laughs> it, it is. They're, they're, Darren is a, a good you know, a friend from the Debbie Marketplace uh, podcast and Discord. Um, so if you do play fantasy, you can always hop in there. Uh, look, I, I think Chase Brown could be the surprise draft pick higher. I mean, I think he could be a second round pick, productive, fast, athletic. Like, I, I just don't know what more you want out of Chase Brown. Um, he's, I think he could be surprising, go above uh, a Zach Evans, and I, I wouldn't bat an eye. Um, in terms of lower, I Tank Bigsby, I guess, is that guy if he declares. You know, we'll see. But I, you know, I do have some fear. Auburn's been inconsistent. Bigsby's probably going to be one of the slowest running backs in my top 10. That usually doesn't bode well. I didn't write down a lower one, but I did write down who I thought could be the surprise running back that goes higher. And that's Devin Aching, who declared yeah. today from Texas A&M. Because guess who's not going to run slow at the combine, Shane? <laughs> Devin Aching is not running slow. I'll say that. Devin Aching goes to the combine and runs into four twos. Which I think he can. Absolutely. Um, he's going to go higher than probably a lot of people are currently rejected. And I saw enough this year that told me he could be an every down NFL back. I don't think he's wow. just a change of pace. I think he can be a, uh, I'm not, because the, the days of the 25 to 30 carry back are over, but he can be a 15 carry back and make enough plays in a game to make a second round, a high second round pick. Uh, worthwhile to me. So I'm going to say Devin A. Chain yeah. uh, to answer that question. That was it for the Discord questions, I believe. Yeah, I, I like Devin A. Chain. I, I'm interested to see what his weight is. If he can get close to 200, then I'm in. 195, I'm in. He weighs the combine 200 pounds and then goes out and runs 429. He's my RB. Top five RBs. Easy. Yeah, I, I, I move him to RB3. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, not a question per se, but there was some interesting internet chatter today, and I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, our good buddy Eric Edholm now writes for NFL.com, and uh, Jordan Reed uh, now writes for ESPN. 
they were com making comps for C.J. Stroud. Eric comped him to Jared Goff. Said they were very similar as prospects. Uh, Jordan Reed comped him to Eli Manning. Both number one overall picks. Uh, do you like either one of those? And if not, where are you at right now as a comp? I, I actually, I like the Eli Manning comp because I, I think in terms of processing, in terms of, you know, ball placement down the field on, you know, on the sideline, I think, I think it's a lot of what Eli did uh, where he, he wasn't perfect, you know, definitely had some, some throws that were mistimed or it, it, it wasn't him. Was it the receiver? And I think that's what I get a lot of CJ Stroud when I see bad throws. I'm like, hey, is it him? Is it the receiver? Is it timing? Um, so I like that one. I think Goff, I loved Goff coming out. I don't think Goff had the quite had the the arm and the sharpness that uh, that Stroud did um, at Cal. So, so I, I like the Eli Manning comp. That's pretty good. Final question. We'll make it a fantasy question for my fantasy team this week, Shane. Is I'm going <laughs> to win, win and get in scenario to the playoffs. You kind of answered this question for me, but I thought other people may have this problem in their own leagues and we're down to the nitty gritty in almost every fantasy league. Right. So this could oh, make yeah. the difference for somebody. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the third who was on pace for roughly 300 yards rushing uh, last Sunday before an ankle injury took him out after averaging 12 yards on his first three carries uh, listed as questionable this week. Uh, they are playing the weak Carolina Panthers uh, defense. So if Walker's a no go, who are you signing this week? Uh, off the waiver wire if it's not too late to uh, help your team potentially win uh, with Walker out? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think if you can sign Zonovan Knight, the running back, you know, we talked about a lot of the podcast last year from NC State. Uh, band I tried. Knight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. You failed. But if he's still out there, it sounds like he will be the starter, even if Michael Carter comes back this week. Um, I like him. You know, I think the Seattle – situation is good like dj dallas did not practice today but if he plays i think he's a player that should be starting and starting rosters um i thought you know i think james cook who you did pick up from buffalo actually got double digit carries oh, oh, oh i think nearly 100 i had to start him because jonathan i'm starting him because jonathan taylor's on the bye week i i got screwed this week <laughs> yeah so i i think all those are good and uh I think we, we came down your worst case scenario is Jarek McKinnon who got a little bit of play there in Kansas city with Isaiah Pacheco, but um, not, it, not it's idea. tough. It's tough. It's tough out there in the running back streets. There's not much left. It's, it's, it's not, not good, especially when you're do or die yeah. as they say. Uh, so if you, have, if you have any fantasy questions next week and playoffs start, yeah. you know, feel free. Especially, especially after you lose by one point. Oh, uh, that's brutal. Thanks a lot. Dennis Allen. <laughs> um final thoughts this week shane uh as we head into uh a slow football weekend only really fcs playoffs and the army navy game yeah i mean look the army navy game will be fun you know I'll, i always try to to watch that and check that out i don't know if i'll be andre um, carter is all that's worth watching that game for anybody that's going to watch it nfl prospect wise yeah, I guess that's true. I don't think Navy has anyone even close to worthwhile, but um, it's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, ch check out the website for sure. Uh, Brad is starting to do some team need stuff that'll be coming out, which is I think everyone's always looking for. We're kind of getting that 
cemented. So that's exciting. I'll have a seven round 2023 mock on Monday with whatever I can piece together with who's going to be in the draft and who's not, then I'll be editing it probably all next week. But that's, that's the way it goes. Um, so keep an, eye, keep an eye for that. Yeah. I, uh, I had a mock draft come out on Monday. Um, and um, so, Is yeah. Dead by Tuesday? No. Dead by Tuesday. Was as it? always, I, I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm scared to look, to be honest. Um, that's going to do it for this week's, uh, this week's podcast, Shane. Uh, as always, if you're, uh, if you haven't liked the channel here on YouTube, please go ahead and do that. We're going to be doing a lot more uh, video content uh, once the season, wind, the college football season winds down. Uh, I'll, I'll be basically going to take some of these podcast videos and, and chop them up a little bit to so make them more um, edible, so to speak, uh, for your taste. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already so you'll be notified when those videos go up. Uh, if you listen to us on audio platforms, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, uh, give us a nice review, man. Uh, give us a five-star rating and share it out amongst on your social media platforms. Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to DraftCountdown.com for everything you need regarding the 2023 and future NFL drafts. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. <laughs>